Hey guys, this is a completely unplanned, out of the blue, Titanic adjacent episode. I am working from no script, just my brain, which is pretty rare for me. Even when I do more conversational episodes, I tend to have an outline in front of me. So please forgive me. I am working from nothing. I just wanted to share with you that I did watch the new Netflix show 1899. I received so many messages on Instagram and emails about the show from people in my personal life who just know I am the ship slash Titanic person and also from a lot of you who are listeners of the show. And of course you messaged me and I messaged a lot of people as well because the previews for 1899 seemed to evoke exactly the imagery of Titanic, the four funnels, the shape of the ship, wild, open, North Atlantic Ocean. So I was very, very intrigued and I did watch it and I didn't want to say anything about it until I had watched the full series. Now, this is going to be not a spoiler-heavy conversation. I'm not going to give away the key twists towards the end. I think, though, to have a conversation without mentioning some character developments that happen along the way, some facets of the characters, and I really, I don't want to say that there's no spoilers and then end up saying something that someone considers a spoiler. So just fair warning, I will be talking about the characters a little bit. And so if you haven't seen it and you're one of those people that any level of spoiler just makes you go mad, then maybe, you know, come back and listen later. So I came into this show completely in the dark. Pardon the pun. And I say pardon the pun because this show is created by, uh, two people, two German directors and screenwriters named Jean-Che Frise and Baron Bo Odar. I'm probably butchering those beautiful names, but they created the TV show for Netflix Dark, which has a huge following. My husband has watched some of it. I have not, full disclosure, ever watched it. And I know that Dark was very much praised for its psychological, as a psychological thriller. I think that that show was completely in German. Um, I believe it might have something to do with time travel, just lots of twists and turns and that sort of thing. So these creators are well known for Dark, and this is sort of their follow-up to Dark. So I think a lot of people were anticipating this because of that. I knew nothing about it. I only began to anticipate it a few weeks ago when I saw, uh, and like I said, had um, the trailer and some of the imagery sent to me. So the poster is a a watery triangle and um which almost evokes kind of a Bermuda triangle sort of feel but it's not about that at least I don't think so <laughs> maybe in future seasons we'll see and then at the top is got the four funneled ship that looks so much like Titanic and so I immediately had that very guttural reaction that we as Titanic or as just, you know, naval history of this time people have when you see anything, a show, a movie, uh, a song, a cartoon, anything evoke that four funnel, very early 20th century, or in this case, very late 19th century ship 
there's something that is just triggered and you have to look and you have to know. And so that's what happened. And by the way, guys, I apologize. My sound quality is not going to be great for this little mini episode. I have a kiddo home sick from school and not in my typical recording area. But I did just want to, yeah, talk about it. I went into it as a Titanic person and not as a dark person uh, in terms of their previous TV show. So I immediately, one of my first thoughts was how cool the international cast setup is. And what's amazing is that in the ship, which as we all know, would have been very historically accurate at the time, there are a lot of immigrants and also a lot of people in first class that are from different countries from all over the world. It's weird. I I just did my Patreon bonus episode for November was the non-English speaking passengers on Titanic. And that all sort of happened by accident. I had a Patreon member suggest that. And then I was thinking about it so much while watching 1899 because, you know, you know, James Cameron does a pretty good job in the 1997 movie of showing some non-English speaking moments. But overall, that movie is, you know, it's all in, it's in English. And the characters that we are told to pivot around, are told to focus on, are English speaking, are white. So, you know, there's something lost there, especially in the portrayal of the third class. And I talk about that in my bonus episodes. I won't go into it too much now. But, you know, we think about Titanic being Irish, even though there were only a little over 100 Irish people on board. And it was built in Ireland, but we think about it being an Irish immigrant ship, and it wasn't necessarily. I mean, there were just as many Swedish people on board as there were Irish. There were Bulgarian people on board, Spanish people. There were, um, you know, even people that were listed as being like, Joseph LaRoche, black man on the Titanic, he was listed in the passenger manifest as being from France, but he was actually Haitian. So you have just representation from all over the world. And so I thought it was so cool the minute I started watching the show that they have characters in first class and in third class that are from all over the world and they are speaking the languages that they would have spoken. So they have cast actors and actresses that are legitimately speaking the languages of their characters instead of it all being in English or all being in German. And so no matter what language you speak, you're going to be reading subtitles during this show at some point. So that's really, really cool. So in first class, there is the main character and her name is Mara. Is it Mara? Yeah. Um, And we're introduced to her as a doctor. She's a female doctor. But we are quickly told through some expository dialogue that she has been allowed to study medicine and specifically she studies the brain, but she's not allowed to practice medicine because women are not allowed to practice, only study. And so immediately there's a theme and we talk a lot about with Titanic of right at this era of women wanting to bust through some of those walls and ceilings around them. Obviously, I talk a lot about that in terms of the character of Rose in the film Titanic. So in the first class, you have her and her, and again, I won't give too much away, but obviously troubled background. She's very mysterious. We don't know much about where she's headed or what she's doing, only that she is trying to find her sort of lost brother. And that there is also this ship called the Prometheus that is another ship in the line of ships the same line that the ships that she's on. So I should say that. So in the first episode, she's we realize she's, you know, she's at sea. She's headed from Europe over to New York. There is a mysterious 
shipping line that owns these ships. And one of them has gone missing four months ago. It's in all the papers. The Prometheus has gone missing. Nobody knows what happened to it. Realistically, in 1899, that totally could have happened. Don't have Marconi wireless on ships yet. So 100% realistic. So um, so she's sort of the main character in first class, but we're also introduced to a um, either Japanese or Chinese um, set of characters. It's not clear where they're actually from. I won't ruin anything there. You also have some Spanish-speaking passengers, a priest, uh, who else? Some a French couple, and then down in third class, you have a group of immigrants, and that to me is the most compelling part of the show. Every single character is is compelling and raw and suffering in some way. And the acting in this show is just fantastic. But in third class, you really get a sense of what life would have been like on those ships in 1899, prior to when shipping lines like White Star improved uh, conditions in third class. Third class, up until about 1900, I would say, right? Correct me if I'm wrong. Anyone out there, 1905, you know, you you were expected to bring your own food. You were expected to, like, don't expect to bathe, you know? Like, there might be some, some bowls of water available, the occasional sink in a common area, but you needed to know that you probably weren't going to have a proper bath and you had to bring your own food and you were going to be sleeping on cots or on or on bunks and uh, that it was a communal situation, especially if you were male. Some ships already had, I think, different situations for families and females. But uh, if you were male, you were sleeping in a bunk room. And on this ship, it seems like everybody's in a bunk room, even the families, even the females. And it's very dark. The, the steerage area is very dark and very kept separate from the rest of the ship. The main family in the third class are a Danish family that has two more adult children and then a younger child. And one of the adult children is expecting a baby. It's it's definitely like an upstairs, downstairs kind of feel. There's no mention of second class at all, um, which not that different from the 1997 Titanic movie. Uh, there's no mention of second class. It's just first and third class. So uh, again, not want to ruin any plot developments, but here are some reasons why you should watch it. But I should say, number one, this is not a mo- uh, show for children in any way. I, it's very, very dark. There's not a lot of violence, but there's a lot of psychological trauma. There's a lot of sexual situations. There's a lot of just twisted situations. So... I don't know. I I don't know. I can't tell you how to parent, but if my kids are six and eight, I wouldn't even let, I wouldn't consider letting them watch something like this until they were maybe 12. I don't know, 11, maybe not 12, probably, maybe even 13. So anyway, I highly recommend, and let me tell you a couple of reasons why. One, the aesthetic is done so freaking well. The The ship itself is painted a very dark color. That's meant to evoke things. It'll come in later. Again, don't want to spoil anything. So it's very dark um, in color, which is very different from Titanic. But other than that, it is does a wonderful job of giving you a sense of what it would have been like to be on one of these ships at that time. The decks are done really well. The dining saloon is gorgeous and done really well. And, you know, a lot of this is CGI. Uh, and that's 
obvious. I think that's just how Netflix operates. I think that's just how production operates now, that the immediate room <laughs> the character in is in may be real, but as you um, stretch out to a hallway or a, bit, a grander room or a ship, it's CGI is filling all of that in. That is why the 97 movie is so good because it's using so many physical sets, but I won't go on my... There'll be so much James Cameron content coming your way over the next month or so, so I won't I won't do it to you just yet. Although, did you see that they released the Avatar, um, well, more trailers, but there was the premiere in London, so they released some footage of James Cameron and Kate Winslet reunited at the premiere, and Kate looks great and Jim looks great. I guys, I take I do take some flack from some people for being such a Jim Cameron man, but or I'm sorry, being such a Jim Cameron fan. I am not a Jim Cameron man, but I just adore him. I love him. And the more I watch his movies and the more I read about him and how his brain works and how he's made these films, the more I like him. I really do. It is my ultimate goal to get him on the podcast. Who knows if that will ever happen? But uh, I'm a huge, I'm a huge gym fan. I was listening to the the Ringer has a podcast called The Big Picture with Sean Finnessy and Amanda Dobbins. It's a fantastic podcast. If you are a movie person, you should be listening to this podcast. It's very approachable and conversational, but they have their pulse on, you know, great directors that are working and they interview a lot of them. They do really cool lists, um, you know, top 10 or 20 of a director, of an actor. And then they also cover films that are are in current release and what they think of them. Anyway, great podcast. A little bit on the little bit on the film snobbery side. Sean Fennessy can lean that way a little bit, but I, but I say that with love. I've been listening to him for years now and, and I really appreciate his film criticism. So really good. But but Sean Fennessy was saying that he's been on a Jim Cameron, like, uh, you know, like sort of doing Jim Cameron school at his home, preparing for a big Jim Cameron and Avatar 2 episodes. I'm excited about that. And uh, another funny thing, I'm sorry, this is a tangent, but I was at, this involves Kate Winslet and James Cameron. I was at an Alamo draft house, um, like Christmas screening of the holiday with my niece. And we were sitting before the movie ordering our food. She tells me that her dad, my brother-in-law, hi, Jason and Eleanor, if you ever listen to this, uh, was talking about Jim Cameron's early work and said something about Piranha 2. And so then, of course, I went on my long tangent about how he actually actually didn't direct the whole Piranha 2. And anyway, I gave her this little mini Jim Cameron film uh, films of James Cameron lesson while we're sitting there. And right before our movie starts, this man who's sitting next to me, who I do not know, turns to me and says, you know, I just got a James Cameron education I never knew I needed. Thank you. And he was being sincere. So anyway, just spreading the word. Love him. All right. So back to 1899, which is why you thought you were listening to this. Um, so the sets are, are really well done. Uh, the research obviously was very meticulous in terms of what uh, a ship of this era would look like. So that is definitely a huge reason to watch it. Obviously, if you're listening to this podcast, you are a Titanic person or a ship person on some level. And just for that reason alone, it's worth watching. Um, Amazing acting. um, Like I said, a really great sense of what third class uh, would have felt like 
in this era. But I, I will say that, again, without spoiling too much, I did go into this show thinking it was all ship, like a very ship show, you know, that it was immersive, turn of the 20th century, life on a ship. But it's it's unshockingly, I guess I should have realized this, <laughs> it's more of a thriller. It's more of a psychological thriller. The show will take you places that have really nothing mentally to do with ships at this time. Like it's not, it's not really a history, it's not really a historical fiction about this era in in ships, if that makes sense. I, I was thinking it would be a little bit more like that. Um it's very character driven, but it's also very sci-fi, very psychological. Uh, it's got some fantastical elements to it. So anyway, but I, you know, I am so glad I watched it. I was a little disturbed. The last couple episodes are pretty crazy. So let me know what you think. The other reason I wanted to post this is, and I hope you've listened to the to this point. Uh, you, some may have lost some of you on my James Cameron rant. But uh, so I am trying to figure out how best to do the 1997 uh, 25th anniversary content for you. I obviously already brought you Titanic Minute. That was a great conversation. And that was fun to go down sort of memory lane with the Titanic Minute guys. I will definitely be re-releasing the episodes that I did Early this year, I did like a full history of the making of the film. Those series of episodes are my labor of love. And I don't, I don't care anything about ever winning any sort of podcasting awards or anything like that. But I, I swear, I, I swear, it's like if anybody ever wanted to give me some sort of award or some sort of recognition, I would hope it's about those episodes. Cause that was just my, Oh, that was my life for like two months researching the making of that movie. So uh, I will be re-releasing those. I'm just trying to figure out what else to do. Let me know what you think. So I have thought about possibly watching the movie in real time with my husband and doing some sort of watch along. I have thought about watching it with him and then having a conversation back and forth of just like, you know, as a male and a female perspective and the nostalgia of it all because we're the same age and we're the same age when it came out, maybe something like that. Or do you want me to just freestyle talk about Rose and Jackson? Do you, I don't know, like, what do you want me to do? I do have an interview with uh, one of the people from the Titanic Museum coming up, and we're going to talk about sort of fact versus fiction on some of the characters that are featured in the 97 movie. So that's a cool thing coming up. But I want to give you content. So let me know what it should be. I really want to know. Unsinkablepod at gmail.com or message me on Instagram at unsinkablepod. Um, or if you're a Patreon member, message me there. All right. Well, thanks for jumping into this little foray with me. I definitely recommend 1899 on Netflix, but like I said, be open to it not just being about the liner, like about it not just being about the ship. It's a lot more than that. Uh, I think that's it. I will go now and stop my rambling. I'm going to go tend to my My son is not feeling well, poor guy. So I will see you guys soon with book club. 
Shauna Abe. I'm going to speak with her, I think, fingers crossed, and get that in your feed with some great info about John Jacob Astor and Madeline Astor uh, sometime this week. And then after that, it's sort of a, like, we're heading into all the 1997 content fast. So, all right. Happy December. Can't believe it's December. Talk soon. 